0: I hope you've been having a good week. This is Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and, of course, SB Nation's Cincy Jungle Cincinnati Bengals website. We're here on Friday coming at you live, and the Bengals have completed OTA sessions for 2019, the first set of OTA sessions under new head coach Zach Taylor. There's been a lot of, uh, there there was, I think, eight total. Eight total uh, sessions or practices, I guess, if you want to call them that. And while there's not a lot to be, uh, there's not a lot of stock to necessarily be be taken into these practices because they are done in shorts. There's not a lot of pads. It's basically helmets, jerseys, and shorts. Um, You know, there there is some there are some things to take note of. Uh, and we'll get to that we'll get to some of your questions and comments in just a second here for those who do not know about our podcast on cincyjungle.com the orange and black insider you can get that show on itunes on stitcher on spotify on google play on the megaphone platform we have a youtube channel and all of the stuff is obviously on cincyjungle.com and again i'm anthony kazenza contributor at cincyjungle.com and host of that podcast that i just mentioned uh, talking about Bengals OTAs here as we go into the weekend, if you want to kind of get an overall vibe or if you want to sense an overall theme as to what is going on this time around, this summer, this spring, under Zach Taylor and in these practices, I would say it's positive. I would say the the message has been a lot about how Taylor and his staff is teaching things to the the rest of the Cincinnati Bengals players, how they're able to grasp concepts easier because of the teaching style. And uh, it's just kind of a new, fresh approach for a lot of people who have not, uh, for a lot of the guys who have been under Marvin Lewis for a long time. So I guess if you want to look at it from kind of a, you know, a mile high view, if you will, um, you know, this, this is a, a pretty good sign of things that are to come, I would say. Maybe not uh, things that would bear fruit immediately in 2019 in terms of wins and losses, but should be something to be noted. Um, And that's kind of been the vibe around these early sessions. Um, I I guess if you wanna talk about who has impressed, there have been some some big names in terms of starters and, and names you would expect to impress in these OTA sessions. There have also been some people that you may not have been thinking would would uh, show their talents off in these sessions. Um, Jesse Bates is a name we've been hearing a lot, um, you know, and, and kind of rewinding a tiny bit on that front. Uh, initially it was a lot of talk about the offense and the fresh approach, the innovative approach. Like I said, the teaching style of Zach Taylor and and how he teaches these concepts, particularly on offense to his players. That is something that a lot of people were, uh, a lot of players were enamored with, but as these sessions went on, it seemed as if the defense seemed to be playing a little bit of catch up and playing better and making more turnovers, creating more big plays, as these sessions went on. So, you know, there, there's kind of a, uh, there's kind of a, 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 I guess a, you know, positive negative with that. I mean, positively you'd like to see, the you like to see that the offense is changing and, and you know, not as stale, but you don't like to see what could be viewed as regression in these sessions by the offense. Um, you know, that's just not something that you'd you'd like to hear, especially after what's transpired over the past three seasons. Um, but you also have to be encouraged because the defense played so poorly last year, had so many injuries. You have to be encouraged that things will be... That th- things seem to be moving in a positive direction there um, on that side of the ball. There were some comments by folks about Lou Anarumo and... Um, and, uh, you know, his style of coaching. Uh, again, I'm Anthony Kazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. I'm going to try and get to some of these questions and comments here. So go ahead and leave yours in uh, this live Facebook feed here. We'll try and get, uh, get to that. And um, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more here for, over the next few minutes about the Bengals and how they've looked in OTAs. Now, I mentioned about some players who have stood out so far um, Jesse Bates has, uh, especially in these last couple of practices has, uh, really looked good, has, uh, been in, involved in a lot of turnovers, um, you know, of course, some of the guys, uh, you know, Green and, and Dalton and, and whatnot, a lot of the main guys have, have made their uh, made their presence known as well. But some other younger guys have, have stepped up. I've heard a lot about Jordan Brown, the, the Bengals' seventh-round pick, the cornerback. He has been involved in a lot of different plays, a lot of different pass breakups, interceptions, things like that. Recently, um, I, I also uh, saw that... You know, the Bengals, uh, the coaches are impressed with a couple of different uh, people as well. Um, You know, B.W. Webb is another, the cornerback they grabbed in free agency from the Giants is another guy who has uh, stood out, I guess, wide receiver Hunter Sharp uh, is a guy that has stood out uh, in these early sessions as well. Alex Erickson has been continuing to make plays, and that one is, I I find, particularly interesting in terms of, uh, you know, what he can bring to this team because, you know, first couple of years, it's basically, you know, the once-in-a-blue-moon reception but, you know, good special teams player. Well, this offseason, we have heard rumors that teams were looking to trade for Alex Erickson and the Bengals turned them down. Now, we don't know what those trade offers were. They could have been very minimal in terms of gains, net gains that the Bengals could have got for a guy like Erickson, but the thought is that Erickson is going to have a higher role in this year's offense. Uh, maybe as a number four type of receiver, um, You know, maybe even sometimes a number three guy uh, at, at that position group. Just kind of depends, but that's kind of the prevailing opinion, and it it's kind of, the, the fact that the Bengals didn't use a pick on a wide receiver this year kind of points to that as well. So, um, you know, that, that those are a few players that kind of stood out um, going forward. I see a question here from uh, Robert Hall saying, how does Finley look? Heard he was struggling. Well, if we're talking about, you know, these guys who have stood out and, and looked pretty good so far in the... OTAs uh, the first under Zach Taylor. There are a couple of people who have not looked good. Uh, all really, all three of the quarterbacks have not looked that great. Now Andy Dalton has looked uh, obviously the best. He's had a lot of great moments. There's been some recently where uh, you know he's had a couple of turnovers and whatnot, but nothing compared to the struggles of of rookie Ryan Finley and the guy he's battling for a backup quarterback spot, Jeff Driscoll on this week's Orange and Black Insider. Bengals podcast uh, fellow contributor John Sheeran and I uh, we talked about the backup quarterback situation and and really I mean you would like to see the Bengals potentially only keep two quarterbacks on the roster this year because of how badly injuries hit so many other positions on, on the roster last year yes I realized quarterback was one of them but you know, you, you look at it and you say, you know, they they probably need as much help as they can get at linebacker, on defensive line, and offensive line. The cornerbacks group is pretty crowded now. So, um, you know, they may need to be able to keep certain position groups heavy. Um, and, and so keeping three quarterbacks is not, may not be the ideal situation, even for a guy like Zach Taylor, who's kind of a quarterback whisperer. Um, you know, you uh, know, to me, I, I think it's Finley's job to lose because he was a guy that he was the only quarterback the Bengals brought in for a pre-draft visit in terms of the rookies. Um, obviously, they were not really enamored with the, top, the, the consensus top guys in this year's draft because they didn't take one. So, and they had opportunities, too uh and they you know when finley did come in for that uh visit and interview and all that kind of stuff he apparently blew the coaches away with his knowledge and, and you know the whiteboard tests and all that kind of stuff so you know i i i find it hard i would find it hard to believe if ryan finley is not on this team's uh, on the final roster this year but it has been pretty discouraging to hear some of the reports of his performances jeff driscoll's performances even a little bit of andy dalton now I saw something, I think it was from Jay Morrison of The Athletic, who was covering, he's one of the beat writers there. He had said that uh, earlier this week, both of the quarterbacks combined to be like one for five, with the only completion being a screen pass, There and the the incompletions were all either broken up or intercepted. So, um, And these are by the two backup quarterbacks, Finley and Driscoll. So not good showings from those two. Um, and on that day of, of practice, uh, it, it was the one time Taylor kind of stopped the session and brought the entire team together and addressed the team, you know, and uh, kind of snapped him back into shape, I guess. But, you know, I, again, it's one of those things where, like I said earlier, there's positives and negatives to be taken uh, from this, you know. I mean, Finley's a young guy. Driscoll, uh limited snaps and, and exposure in the NFL. Uh and, you know, you're seeing a defense that struggled last year that's potentially playing better. But, you know, Finley was the guy in this year's draft for Zach Taylor by you know most intents and purposes. He was he was the guy that the the coaching staff really liked, and he has not been playing very well at all. So that's uh <sighs> That's, you know, uh, from that question from one of our listeners there, that's kind of an update in terms of some people who have been struggling and specifically Ryan Finley. Uh, Greg Smith asks, one of the biggest issues has been how the O-line has been the O-line and protecting the quarterback. How has the O-line looked? Um, My understanding is that the offensive line looked good early. uh, And obviously once the defense started kind of playing catch up a little bit in these OTAs, the offensive line, it hasn't been called out specifically, but, uh, you know, if you look at what happened Friday, um, there was some specifically, some specific noting of the defensive line being able to get to the quarterback. Um, you know, Zach Taylor said, quote-unquote, they were playing like they were, their hair was on fire, and uh, that quote, they did a nice job of getting to the quarterback. I'm happy with the job that the defense did, so... Um, while that's not a direct indictment of of the offensive line on the final day of OTAs, um, that is something that um, you know needs to be noted. Uh, and I think you know the the other thing too is Cordy Glenn was moved early, and then he got out of the lineup. We still don't see Clint Bowling anywhere because he's rehabbing an injury, so he hasn't been in the lineup. If if he is in the team's plans, I would assume that he is. Um, you know, you got, a, you got a rookie and Jonah Williams out there. You've got Billy Price who had limited snaps or, well, I shouldn't say limited, but, you know, missed six games last year. So he's still finding his way as a second-year player. Um, you've got Bobby Hart who, you know, all of his ups and downs, he's only in his second year with this team and, and first in this system. So there's a lot of uh, cohesiveness that needs to be built upon the offensive line. And hopefully that continues to to. Show going forward, um, Jody Platt is how did Andy Dalton perform? I just kind of talked about that Dalton. Dalton was pretty good from I think most observations. Uh, I think more recently there were some things that you know he, he threw a little more turnovers and all that. But look, veteran guy, it's OTAs. I think he may be taking some chances or working some things out during these because it really doesn't mean all that much in terms of, <laughs> you know, wins, losses, and stats and all that kind of stuff. So um, I wouldn't be too worried about Dalton. It's it, I am worried about the guys behind him, though. Um, you know, Dalton's been pretty durable throughout the duration of his career, but we've seen this team, uh, you know, not win big games and or basically nosedive when he has missed significant time, 2015 and 2018. So um, while you don't hope that he gets injured again in 2019, um, you have to hope that the guys behind him are ready should they need to come in for any extended period of time. Um, Brian Williams says, any update on Pratt? Not, not really. Um, not specifically. It sounds as if um, you know there was a, an article recently about the linebackers and uh, you know how they're kind of starting to. To build uh, their own type of group, especially now that there's no Vonta's Perfect and all of that, uh, Preston Brown's kind of taken a leadership role in that in that group. Uh, but uh, you know, I think I think Pratt is a guy who will show some early maturity. Um, I think he's one of those, you know, kind of maybe not. A, a huge ceiling, but a, a pretty high floor type of guy and a guy who could come in immediately and, and play some adequate, if not above-average football for the Bengals' defense, which is what they need from that position group and on that side of the ball. So um, I think they, these drills aren't really conducive. These, these drills really show more about, um, you know, quarterback play, receiver play, and secondary play. That's kind of, OTAs really kind of show that off more than, than other uh, other areas. But I think, you know, as, as mandatory mini camp comes as training camp comes, you're going to see more and hear more about some of those, you know, the line play linebacker play, that sort of thing. Um, I'm seeing, you know, a couple of questions that kind of tie into each other. Uh, we'll get to those and, um, maybe get out of here as we discuss the Bengals finishing up OTAs here, uh, on, um, on friday and uh you know they're moving into mandatory mini camp and then eventually training camp as summer rolls on so uh i'm seeing you know randy owens asking about the the offensive scheme uh i saw another question about uh uh, i think it was antonio dudley saying what about the usage of tools like raw so kind of offensive scheme i think they're easing into that The one thing I I did answer a question on CincyJungle.com in a mailbag about about John Ross. There hasn't been a ton of, hey, John Ross is lighting, you know, these practices on fire. While we would like to hear that, the one thing we are hearing, especially from Ross, that is a positive, is his comfort level in this system, his comfort level in being able to grasp things, and just the fact that his confidence level seems to be back while Marvin Lewis is not, you know, pressing his thumb down on him all the time. So um, I don't don't know that Ross will ever quote-unquote get it. I don't know that he'll ever live up to the number nine billing, number nine overall pick billing. But I think he is a guy that could be a nice ancillary piece in this offense, a good decoy as well. Um, and I think, I think you'll see some nice plays from him. I, as I mentioned in that mailbag piece with Ross, I think you got to do more to get uh, more high percentage plays to him. Uh, his catch percentage in his first two years, granted he's had injuries and you know Jeff Driscoll was at quarterback late last year. His catch percentage in terms of targets to him and receptions he's made uh, is only 35 percent. Uh, which is horrible. So, uh, and some of that is on him as well. I mean, he's had drops, he's had issues too. So, I mean, that, that's a two-way street there. But that is an area that he needs to clean up. And I think part of that will be cleaned up with high percentage passes, these short routes, the yards after the catch opportunities. And while this isn't a reception type of opportunity, I think jet sweeps, end arounds, things like that—you getting a little bit more creative and creating different ways to get the ball to him—I think will 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 do that. And I think. Kind of speaking to the offensive system, the jet sweep thing, we we've heard about it and seen it in these OTA sessions. So, um, you know, you're you're getting kind of a a Rams stamp on it, if you will. But uh, I, I think it's maybe a little bit more simple and just different um, because of the personnel that the Bengals have uh, on on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I, uh, I I'm seeing other questions here. Um, I, I guess I'll kind of. I'll end on this one, because I thought this was a, a interesting one, because I ra- randomly was thinking about the, a player in this position group today. John Brett says, what about tight end? Um, you know, Eifert's out. Uh, he's He's rehabbing. He should be back by training camp, we think. So, you know, we haven't been able to see him... Um, You know, the the one, it seemed like almost every session there was a a glowing report from Drew Sample. Uh, Andy Dalton was praising him. The coaches were praising him. The media was praising him. So uh, he's a guy who had apparently looked very, very good in practices and in, you know, uh, he's catching everything and running the right routes and just playing solid football kind of kind of mature beyond his years, I guess, in terms of uh, NFL level that he's bringing to this team. So you got to like that. The one, I thought uh, Mason Shrek also is, is rehabbing, so he hasn't been able to show much. One guy I want to remind everybody about, and I'm not saying he's going to make the team, I'm not saying he's going to you know light the world on fire necessarily, but he could be kind of a dark horse guy to watch in training camp, is Moritz Bowringer. Um, you know the bang, if you remember, he was the uh, the German kid who came into the draft. I think the Vikings picked him in the sixth round. He ran like a four four in the combine and or in pre draft workouts rather. And um, you know, really a workout warrior. Never really worked out with the Vikings. The Bengals picked him up and were able to basically stash him protected. Uh, as an international player. They were able to stash him as a protected player, so teams couldn't poach him off of their practice squad last year. Well, now he's vying for a spot this year, and uh, he's kind of playing, instead of a wide receiver, he's playing more of a tight end-ish role with the team. So that might be a guy to kind of keep an eye on, especially if, you know, while Shrek continues to potentially be out, while Eifert continues to rehab, Um, You know, this could be a guy that could be a neat tool in Zach Taylor's offense. So keep an eye on him. But overall, really, the tight end group has kind of been about Drew Sample and what he has done. He has apparently looked really, really good in in these practices, which is encouraging to hear because he was a pick that wasn't very popular at the time. And uh, so now he's kind of proving his worth to the team. So you, you have to kind of like that. This is Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals Podcast. You can get the podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on the Megaphone platform. You can also get it at CincyJungle.com. And of course, speaking of CincyJungle.com, keep it to that website for all the news, opinions, analysis, all kinds of stuff, and these types of videos on the Facebook page to uh, tune in, ask your questions, talk to us, all that good stuff. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the questions and the, uh, the engagement from all of our readers. Have a great rest of the weekend. We'll continue to keep you updated as things progress throughout the rest of the offseason and into the regular season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza. We'll see you soon.